Welcome back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Sunday Wire. I'm your host, Patrick Henningsen. We're streaming out live on the Alternate Current Radio Network and also 21stCenturyWire.com. Fantastic segment before the break. Joining us now on the live link uh, is an investigative journalist. She's also the founder of a new organization called Arms Watch, and her name is Diliana Gatiniera. She's from Bulgaria, and we've had her on the show previously to cover similar stories, weapons trafficking, but also uh, biological weapons in Eastern European countries and, and Central Asian countries. Her work is uh, exemplary in terms of independent investigations, but another aspect of this story has come to light and another plot has unfolded. And basically, to sum it up, it looks like U.S. weapons trafficking uh, has been rife and arms falling into the hands of ISIS terrorists in Yemen and Syria. And she's joining us right now to talk about her story and how this story has come to pass and also uh, how it's developing right now. It's just, The story is, is still breaking. And uh, she's on the live link right now. Hello, Diliana. Hello. Thank you for having me again on your podcast. Yes, thank you so much uh, for joining us. Uh, Diliana, and I'll, I'll point everybody to a hyperlink on our show page that goes to Arms Watch. Uh, this is a new website, a new organization uh, with great reports, very easy to follow what has happened here, uh, Diliana. Now, how, how, how did this story come, come to you? I mean, this looks like, it looks like a continuation of a really big story uh, that you uh, reported on when you were with Trude Newspapers back in a couple of years ago, and this looks like a, a sort of a follow-up to that. And now, uh, I think that was in uh, was it not 2017? And now we're into now we're into another uh, chapter of this story. Just just explain to us this latest chapter, how this yeah, came to be. A follow-up story, and I guess I received these documents. Uh, I want to stress anonymously um, because I've been investigating weapon supplies to terrorists in Syria and in Yemen and in Africa for quite some times uh, since 2017, as you mentioned, and uh, probably this is why I received again uh, new documents. These are. Explosive documents from the Serbian state-owned uh, arms uh, companies, Krušić and Jugoimport. These are the names of the Serbian state-owned companies, including emails, internal memos, contracts, photos, delivery schedules, and packing lists with lot numbers of weapons and uh, their buyers. Among the leaked documents, I also received uh, scanned passports of arms dealers and government officials from the United States, Saudi Arabia, and the United Arab Emirates. And I'm going to publish all this uh, information in um, uh, the next chapter of the story in the following days. Uh, all these people have been involved in the trafficking of at least 3 million pieces of Serbian weapons. I'm talking about mortar shells and rockets to Yemen and Syria in the last uh, three years. When I received uh, these documents a few months ago, I was very surprised. I started First, I started verifying the authenticity of these documents, and they turned out to be absolutely genuine. I used uh, different methods and different sources to verify their authenticity. And after I 
I had done this process as every investigative journalist uh, do in such moments. I started tracking the low number of uh, these Serbian weapons and I was able to identify and trace mortar shells in the hands of Islamic State terrorists in Yemen back to their supplier, the U.S. government. And I will explain how I, I found out that the United States government was a supplier of weapons for uh, the Islamic State in Yemen. On the 27th of July this year, the Islamic State group released a propaganda video featuring its branch in Yemen. Um, the video featured uh, Serbian weapons and uh, the mark on the mortar shells is clearly visible. Uh, these are 82 millimeter uh, mortar shells and there is a lot number and as I already had uh, all the documents about arms exports from this Serbian arms factory Krušik, I was able to to trace back uh, who the, the original buyer of these weapons was and it was the US government. After I linked uh, these weapons in the hands of Islamic State in Yemen, to their original buyer, the U.S. government, I started um, tracing the whole documentation, contracts, packing lists of weapons, and this is how the whole scheme was uh, <laughs> revealed. On papers, these mortar shells, I'm talking about 10,500 pieces of mortar shells, um, the end user was the Afghan army. And the supplier was a private American company, uh, Alien Tech Systems Operation, which purchased these weapons under a U.S. federal contract, a uh, contract between this private American company and the, um, the U.S. Department of Defense for the delivery of non-U.S. standard weapons to Afghanistan. However, this, uh, these mortar shells from the same lot number and uh, from the same contract turns out to be in Yemen in the hands of uh, Islamic State terrorists. Yes. So the question is, so it, it's this is a very interesting story. Firstly, I'm going to say, Diliana, uh, you've laid it out really well in your report that shows how the, the weapons are laundered through multiple organizations, contractors. So the U.S. government has managed to distance itself through first private contractors uh, then you go import SDPR as a import-export agent there, and then back to the uh, Krusik arms manufacturer there in Serbia. But in between, a number of shell buyers, um, shell dealers, brokers, so a broker, a buyer, a payer, someone who's just paying the bill, <laughs> a UK company. So they, they've managed to launder and conceal uh, these transactions, these deals, but, but apparently not well enough, not well enough. Were you surprised at how easy it was to, to trace and track all of these transactions and follow these weapons? It's easy to track when you have documents. <laughs> but to be honest, uh, it was very hard in the beginning, uh, starting just from uh, zero position, having no idea as to where the possible destination of these weapons could be. So I started uh, watching a lot of propaganda videos and uh, you know how hard it is to watch, for instance, Islamic State propaganda videos. For instance, this video featuring the Serbian weapons purchased by the U.S. government. Uh, 
it includes shocking scenes of beheadings of people uh, kept in captivity by the Islamic State in Yemen. Uh, it was uh, very hard for me and very. Uh, it took me a lot to watch all this footage and not only this one. So I also found further evidence of other shipments to Islamic State in Yemen, and I'm going to show and publish these new uh, evidence, uh, pieces of evidence in the following days, plus passports of uh, the people who exported these weapons, the same weapons uh, which ended up in the hands of the Islamic State in Yemen, because uh, until now, even I didn't have... Um, the name of the people, because here we're not talking only about states or uh, the U.S. government. Now we start talking about concrete people. And I'm going to provide all this uh, uh, evidence and uh, leaked passports uh, to anybody who wants to carry out uh, an independent or international investigation investigation into the arms trafficking to Yemen and to Syria because these people must be interrogated, to say the least, and they must uh, give answers about the whole scheme and they must be punished. And all these countries involved also must be subjected to international sanctions because they are arming terrorists. Also very interesting for me was to discover uh, on some of the labels of the weapons the shipping address to which part of the Serbian weapons were exported. This was um, a Pentagon or the U.S. Special Operations Command secret unit called named uh, Task Force Smoking Gun. It has been deployed to Croatia since 2017 and tasked with diverting tons of weapons and ammunition from Europe to Syria. And uh, I'll explain how I discovered that the final destination of these weapons was simply because in the lead documents uh, there were passports, scanned passports of American nationals, all of them uh, working under a secret Pentagon program for arming Syrian militants. And um, I discovered this in very, uh, very easily because the same names of the same American nationals who visited the Serbian arms factory Krušik, the same names were listed by the Pentagon as recipients of a U.S. Central Command Award uh, in recognition of uh, their participation in the uh, Syrian uh, arms and arm and arms and equip program, which is the Pentagon program for arming militants in Syria. And this is how I connected the dots that these people actually went to Krušik purchased and exported uh, the weapons from uh, Serbia uh, to Syria because they were working under this uh, Pentagon program for arming uh, militants in Syria, as well as uh, other photos and um, videos published by Islamists in Syria, again featuring the same Serbian weapons. So there, there is a lot of evidence and uh, I'm going to publish uh, even more in the following days. And uh, that's a uh the train and equip program famously revealed a couple of years ago, I think in, in 2017, 2016, yes, and putting weapons into the hands of Islamic militants in Syria, Al-Qaeda affiliates, and uh, as we see here, ISIS as well. And what also, uh, Diliana, the, the Blackwater emerged in this chain 
of custody, as it were, of the weapons, the, the weapons that were sent to, meant to be for the Afghan National Army and the Afghan National Police to a facility that uh, was, seemed to have been uh, responsible, Blackwater was responsible for, and also uh, caught up in some controversy there. Uh, just uh, so is it, is it possible that you have private military firms involved in, in, in this trade? Yes, absolutely. Actually, what I discovered was that, uh, as you said, uh, the whole process, the whole uh, international weapons shipment network uh, was under the cover or is because these are new purchases, new <clears throat> weapons, and this is happening right now. This is not an old story. No matter that they announced or uh, some of the mainstream media in the United States, uh, like New York uh, Times, uh, reported back in 2017 that this program was terminated. This is not true. This program for arming terrorists is ongoing. So um, what I discovered was that uh, uh, the Pentagon or the CIA... uh, uh, they uh, contract uh, private companies and private contractors to do the dirty job. Uh, private contractors uh, purchase uh, weapons. They organize their transport. Very interesting uh, detail that I'm going to publish in the following days. How private American contractors uh, transported these weapons. Um, they have nothing to do with the buyer or the end user on papers, but these <clears throat> private American companies uh, registered in Delaware, the United States, with an unknown owner, uh, with uh, no information, no website, nothing, or uh, just uh, under the cover of private uh, contractors, the Pentagon or the CIA transport uh, these weapons to destinations uh, which are under embargo, such as Syria or Yemen. And uh, in the case of this arms depot in Afghanistan, from where allegedly these uh, Serbian mortar shells were smuggled to Yemen, yes, they're under the control uh, first of uh, the Pentagon and secondly, uh, under the control of private contractors hired by the Pentagon to guard the weapons. But obviously, this is not the case. Right. Yes. And I, I noticed there's a few uh, Silk Silk uh, Way Airlines. Uh, this is a NATO-approved private charter uh, air shipping uh, or operation. You, you highlighted them in a previous investigation that you did uh, detailing these 350 diplomatic flights using diplomatic cover to, to traffic weapons which is illegal by international law. But there's a couple of other of of what I would call Air America. If anybody saw this uh, film uh, many years ago with uh, Robert Downey Jr. uh, called Air America, and these are uh, private air charters. They're flying the weapons from Croatia to the U.S. base in Qatar. And from there, they're meant to go to places like the Iraqi Ministry of Defense or off to uh, onto Afghanistan, perhaps. Uh, but so these are these private air companies and paid $1 million per flight. So maybe this is why the uh, price of the contracts are inflated. There's so many middlemen to pay off Diliana above the cost of the, of the weapons themselves. There's a lot of people that need to be paid uh, for this sort of illegal operation. That was very interesting. 
as well. So we look forward to some of those details. But uh, I want to ask you, Diliana, there was a photo in your report of a U.S. Special Forces officer with, it looked like was with ISIS fighters being photographed there, uh, or Al-Qaeda in Yemen. Uh, Can you explain that picture? Because that's very interesting. Yes, this photo was uh, definitely of interest to me. Uh, It shows uh, U.S. uh, Special uh, Forces uh, commander uh, on the ground in uh, Yemen. Uh, And uh, if you take a further look uh, into the setting of this photo, you can uh, uh, see armored vehicles, American armored vehicles, you can see ditches or uh, a whole uh, camp, military camp in uh, on the backdrop. And uh, definitely uh, this uh, photo <laughs> proves a secret military operation of the United States in uh, Yemen. And along with the American soldier, uh, there are two Yemeni, I guess, uh, militants. Uh, I don't understand how can you say that you fight terrorism publicly when you secretly support it. Um, I provided evidence that um, American purchased or uh, U.S. government purchased weapons ended up in the hands of terrorists in Yemen. And so far there is no answer from the Pentagon, from the Serbian arms factory Krušik. Um, as to how this happened. They keep silent, and I've been waiting for their answer for quite some time, yet they keep silent. There is no answer. Also, there is no answer uh, from the private American contractors who procured or delivered these non-U.S. standard weapons uh, to the Pentagon. the end user, what is very interesting in the documents, the end user is either a third party, like you mentioned the Afghan army or the Afghan police, or uh, on one of the labels it was liter, uh, lit, uh, written uh, sim- very, in, uh, very uh, um, unclear way, the Republic of Iraq. The Republic of Iraq can't be the end user. Uh, there was no legal entity indicated as to who uh, inside this uh, republic uh, is going was going to use this weapon. This was not the end user, so it was totally fake. Uh, in other contracts, even there is no end user indicated. It uh, is just written for the needs of the U.S. government. But what these needs uh, are and who the end user is going to be, it is not indicated in the leaked uh, correspondence between the Serbian arms factory and um, the British broker who uh, appears in one of the contracts uh, who mediated uh, a deal between uh, Krusik, Krusik and uh, the US government. The Serbian um, uh, uh, factory, arms factory, expressed its, its uh, concern that uh, there could be a violation of the Serbian law because uh, the buyer is the U.S. government and uh, um, uh, the company that was going to pay was a British company, which had nothing to do with this deal. Uh, but um, 
in uh, the final agreement between uh, the Serbian arms factory and the American uh, company that uh, signed this contract, contract on behalf of the U.S. government, there was no mentioning about who the end user would be, why the British broker or the British company uh, um, affected these payments, no information about uh, uh, who the end user was going to be. Um, so it's very interesting link between uh, the United uh, Kingdom as well and the U.S. government, and it's uh, or probably they are mutual mutual operations in in uh, Syria. Uh, a British company pays an American company uh, buys on papers on behalf of the U.S. government. This is very interesting. Yes, and also end user on one of these deals was uh, they put Romania as the the end user, like like it was meant to be the Romanian military or something like this, and and that wasn't accurate either. So they're they're forging. Uh, the end user certificates, which is illegal under international law, because all weapons must must show what legally must show accurately what the end user is by international law. These are international agreed conventions, well established conventions. The U.S. and these NATO allied countries and these private firms working within them do not seem to be, uh, re- you know, observing at all. They're they're disregarding all of these uh, interna- uh, internationally agreed conventions, international law. So it's, it's a, it looks like a free-for-all. This has been going on since 2012 uh, with, with Syria, but long before that, probably in, in different ways. But uh, Diliana, putting this together with your previous investigations and obviously having done a lot of work in this area before, you, you obviously knew what to look for. Uh, and you, you, so you've learned quite a bit about this type of trade over the last couple of years well enough to, you know, well enough to sort of know um, how these how these items are shipped. So so really, what are we talking about in terms of total numbers? I mean, you, you've got three million pieces here of uh, of mortars, plus you've got rifles from Bulgaria. And, and it's rockets. just and 122 ro- millimeter grad rockets, for instance. So this excuse or this pretext or this uh, lie, which uh, we've been hearing from uh, Western media that uh, the U.S. government uh, has been arming moderate rebels, it's just false because, or this is an absurd, because a 122-millimeter grad rocket can't be used for arming uh, moderate rebels. These are heavy weapons and they can be used uh, by moderate rebels. There is no such term as moderate rebels uh, being armed with 122-millimeter grad rockets or even mortar shells. Uh, mortar shells, uh, these are indiscriminate weapons. They can, uh, and by the way, uh, most of uh, the, the civil, uh, the civil uh, victims or the casualties that uh, are, uh, have been uh, killed in Yemen or in Syria are by mortar shells because they can't target uh, positions uh, in that precise way as uh, rockets or other uh, more precise weapons. And this is the result of uh, um, shelling mortars uh, in civilian areas without uh, being able to um, identify the exact location where they could uh, fail. 
and uh, this must stop. That's why I um, I put a lot of efforts in this into this investigation because these are three million pieces of weapons, mortar shells, indiscriminate weapons, and uh, apart from the mortar shells, rockets. They can you can't imagine how many people and civilians they can kill, and uh, this must stop. Uh, it can't continue, but it continues. And even now, I know that Serbian weapons are being exported this very moment from Serbia again, either to Saudi Arabia or the United Arab Emirates or the United States on papers. They are not the end users, as we see. Yeah, and I, I can I can attest to what you're saying about uh, civilian casualties. Um, when I, when I was in Damascus, uh, civilian neighborhoods being uh, rained down by mortars uh, from the so-called moderate rebels or terrorists uh, in, you know, they were hunkered down in eastern Ghouta uh, and Kaboom and other areas of Damascus on the outskirts of Damascus there. And then Aleppo, uh, besides the hell cannons, uh, the gas canister uh, uh, projectiles uh, that were hitting civilian areas in West Aleppo, you had, gra- you still have grad rocket attacks. Uh, you still have mortar fire uh, and that's responsible for, at one point, one count, at least 11,000-plus uh, civilians in West Aleppo. That's government-controlled West Aleppo. This was before East Aleppo was liberated uh, in late 2016. Uh, that's how many people uh, you're talking about in terms of the death toll. And in Damascus, it's, it's in the thousands uh, of, of civilians killed by mortars, by grad rockets, and, and things like this. Uh, so you're absolutely correct, Ileana. In fact, this would this should get the attention of Tulsi Gabbard, uh, U.S. Congresswoman, who in 2017 uh, she tried to pass, or uh, was this, this was actually sponsored, co-sponsored by, I believe, Senator Rand Paul from Kentucky in 2017, the Stop Arming Terrorist Act, and uh, this was was introduced uh, and proposed as an act of Congress. And uh, but I don't think it, it made it into law because obviously there's a lot of U.S. officials who don't want to stop the arming of terrorists. Uh, as you've proven here, this is a this is a practice that continues to this day. I'm 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 amazed, Diliana, that after the last uh, exposure, uh, the the scale of what you showed in your previous investigation in terms of weapons trafficking that that this practice was allowed to continue. Um, mainly, I would say, because the mainstream media uh, more or less ignored it. Um, if they if they had paid attention to it, if they had highlighted it, um, certainly the the practice would have would have stopped by now. But it seems to just continue, Diliana. What that's, do you think about this? Yes, that's uh, what I was uh, amazed, uh, and I I feel very sorry to, to tell you, but. I thought that when I published this information, my colleagues in Serbia or other journalists in Serbia would raise the issue because Serbia knows very well what war means. Serbia suffered a lot. So I thought that there would be uh, some kind of support uh, from the Serbian journalists. No. Uh, probably one or two Serbian media outlets uh, has have published this uh, investigation so far. 
no other Serbian journalists uh, has raised this issue or asked the, the Serbian government how is that possible that Serbian weapons from a Serbian state-owned uh, uh, factory, arms factory, have ended up in the hands of Islamic State terrorists in Yemen. Um, but when I checked uh, Google Analytics, the results of uh, um, the performance of this investigation online, I saw that most of the uh, readers were from the United States and Serbia. Uh, the, which means that this investigation is spreading in Serbia, but all people there keep silent. They are afraid. I don't know why they are so afraid to raise this issue and to put questions to their government. This is very sad, but I understand it because um, I'm a Bulgarian. Um, Serbia borders on Bulgaria. We are Balkan um, countries here. It is absolutely the same in Bulgaria when I published that uh, huge amounts, huge quantities of Bulgarian weapons. And I filmed myself uh, Bulgarian 122 millimeter grad rockets uh, in a warehouse used by Al-Qaeda in Syria. Uh, Bulgarian journalists again kept silent. They didn't uh, ask a single question the Bulgarian government. And I understand this fear because uh, this is how the scheme works. You buy first, okay, you buy weapons, you buy uh, government officials, uh, Serbia, Bulgaria, these are Eastern European countries, poor countries, the weapons are cheap, uh, there is no control, uh, there is uh, no independence in this country, these countries. You buy journalists as well, you buy uh, public opinion in that way and uh, then you buy uh, international uh, mainstream media so that they can lie uh, the public that these are moderate rebels and that we are fighting terrorism and this is how the scheme works i don't expect um, this investigation to to give any results and these weapons to stop if more people uh, don't get involved and this must stop and i rely on uh, People like you, journalists like uh, you in 21st Century Wire, who are not afraid to speak up. And I'm very thankful to you for giving me the opportunity to present this investigation and to try to do something. Because this it's been five years until now, and nothing has changed. No matter what they say, how uh, successful their fight with Islamic State in Syria is, it's not true because the same Islamic State terrorists appear well armed in Yemen. So this is not fighting terrorism, this is supporting terrorism. I'm very thankful for giving me the opportunity to say this. It's not easy to say it now. No, no, you're, a lot of people are gonna agree with, agree with what you're saying, uh, Diliana, you're absolutely correct. Uh, and we just want to, uh, to thank you for, for your great work on this. And uh, I encourage people to go to Arms Watch uh, there's a link on the show page right now and see the first two parts of uh, Diliana's investigation into this topic, but there's uh, more to come. There's more to come. This is really important, and uh, if there's any anti-war activists out there, I really encourage you to get hold of those articles and really sort of push them out on social media, especially to lawmakers, because this is exactly what Tulsi Gabbard uh, was hoping to stop uh, when she introduced her bill, Stop Arming Terrorists, in 2017. 
and it doesn't seem to have stopped. <laughs> uh, clearly, there's the evidence right here uh, on its face. So, but uh, thank you so much, Diliana Gatiniara, for your for your great work and investigative work on this topic. I'm the one to thank you, and thank you to your uh, listeners for. Uh, <laughs> Um, be patient to listen the whole story. It's a bit complicated, but it's very important. And uh, I'm uh, thankful personally to you for giving me again the opportunity to to speak up. Yeah, thank you. There she goes, ladies and gentlemen. That's Diliana Gentiniara, in, independent journalist from Bulgaria. Uh, Arms Watch is a new organization. You'll find her reports there. We're going to take a break, and we're going to try to connect our next guest here on the alternate current radio network on the Sunday Wire. We're going to connect with Sander Hicks after this break. Stay right there. You're a child, you're born in the state of mind. Innocent of all the evils of the humankind. You live, you learn, you start to grow. Full of all the teachers that we also come to. I don't know what this world is coming to. Chaos on the 